everyone. Welcome back to the Glass Seats Podcast. This is our show where two hockey aficionados discuss their perspectives on headlines surrounding the NHL, including recent stories, game highlights, league culture, and other topics trending amongst the fans. This is Vidi. And my name is Bernal. And this week in hockey, Eric Carlson. Still a San Jose show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we got you there. <laughs> I ended last episode with hoping for a trade that week, yeah. and it still hasn't happened. No. And I'm disappointed. Are you worried? Yeah, I'm a little worried. Yeah. And, um, you know, I keep hearing, oh, it's Pittsburgh or Carolina, Pittsburgh or Carolina, right? So there's two teams that want an offensive defenseman. Mm -hmm. But right now there's three options on the market. There's Eric Carlson. There's rumored trade for Tony D'Angelo. And Matt Dumba is still a free agent. Mm -hmm. So we're in uh, shit or get off the pot territory here. Yeah. Like, if, if you're not going to do it quick, they're going to move on to someone else, right? Yeah. Or they're just going to take their sweet time and try to find the perfect deal or try to find a Matt Duchesne situation. Suddenly get something maybe at the beginning of the season. And then, of course, this is all luck-based at this point. So Yeah, and with the San Jose Sharks luck, Eric Carlson's going to, like, trip stepping on the ice for game one or something. Forgets then, to take the skate guard off. Yeah, some <laughs> shit like that. And then it's over, right? Uh, like, you have to do it this off-season, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you're risking a lot. Yeah. See, and this is the thing. I don't want... The other thing is, because I've said it now, it's going to be fine, and they're going to get a massive haul from at the deadline, mm -hmm. which great. But, like... Based on what we know at this point, you have to make this trade now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the values, it's kind of the, what's it called? Buy low, sell high <laughs> for <Yeah>. stocks <laughs> yeah. or GameStop, whatever. To the moon, <laughs> To baby. the moon, yeah. Eric Carlson to the moon. <laughs> Anyways, we got, a, we got a good show today. Um, we got a couple topics. Uh, three of them today. First one, Alex DeBrincat traded to Detroit. Mm -hmm. Initial thoughts? Uh, yeah, he was traded for Dominic Kubalik, um, a prospect defenseman, Donovan Sebrango, I think, mm -hmm. a conditional first round and Detroit's fourth round in um, the 2024 draft. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I think this is pretty good. Um, I mean, Kubalik is probably looks like just moving rosters or maybe some cap room or whatever is needed. Yeah, I think the real value for Ottawa here are the is the prospect and the two picks. Mm -hmm. So I think Ottawa is kind of in that space where you're just starting to compete. Maybe they're hoping for playoffs next year. Yeah. But um, they're not quite in that contender tier yet, right? Yeah. So I think picks still mean a lot. So this is a good trade. Um, there were also kind of handicapped, like um, in the way that everyone knew Debrinkat wanted to go to Detroit and that kind of killed all their leverage. Yeah. Like I would have expected at least one more first. Yeah. To kind of balance this trade out a little bit. Like it's not bad, but it could have been better. Did did uh did Deprinkat say that out in public? Is that why they kind of lost that leverage? Uh, I don't know if it was public, but I think Steve Eiserman knew at least. That. <laughs> How did he know though? <laughs> because uh, so in the way this was, it was like um Debrinkat needed an extension, right? Yeah. Because he was an RFA, so they had to trade his rights and then get an extension to sign. But I think Debrinkat told Ottawa that I'm only going to go to Detroit. Can you do that? I thought he had like a like a no team. Or no trade uh, team list or something like that. I mean, yeah, you could trade him, but then if he's telling that uh, those other teams that, hey, I'm not going to sign an extension. That's true, yeah. There's then, no point. Yeah. And they'd give him their, like, why would we do this trade? He was, right? he, he was on the last year of his deal, I think, right? Yeah, so yeah. he needed a new deal. And he did sign with Detroit a $7.875 million for four years, mm -hmm. which is, he got his bag. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I thought it would have been longer, to be totally honest, like a six-year deal at least. Um. So kind of surprised. The, the term makes sense, in my opinion. But uh, I, I was thinking like something like a, along six. I mean, they hand out eight years like it's nothing nowadays. So maybe even that. But I don't know. Uh, it's, it feels like somewhat of a bridge deal as well. I'm not too sure. 
Yeah, um, I think this is the trend, right? You're seeing um, RFAs go for um, these kind of deals because what it does is it gives you a chance to get a second bag when you hit UFA, right? Yeah. So right now, I think this will take them to one year prior to UFA, mm-hmm. which is a smart move on Eisenman's part, right? Mm-hmm. So your options here are either you give them something like this, three or four years, so you get a couple RFA years left, yeah, or you take the full max term, yeah, right? So um, I don't think Eisenman wanted to commit max term right now. But, um, yeah, so then you're seeing this kind of deal that you saw um, in Toronto, both uh, Marner and Matthews had these types of deals, right? Yeah. Where they go close to UFA. Mm-hmm. I think Matthews got right to UFA. Yeah. So that was really good on his part. And a no movement clause this yeah. year. Yeah. Matthews on his last contract negotiation really got it done. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, but, yeah, I think this is pushing Detroit, like, up and up in the tiers, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. I just pulled up their cap friendly, right? So now you're think you're looking at like a top line of Alex DeBrincat and Dylan Larkin, and then maybe JT Comfer, um, maybe Andrew Cop, maybe David Perron. Mm-hmm. You have some flexibility there. Maybe even Daniel Sprong, who they have now. So um, there's a lot of flexibility in the roster. Uh, DeBrincat does play wing. He's not listed as a center. Yeah. So um, you could move JT Comper up to wing. You could have JT Comper as second line center. Mm-hmm. So giving you some options here. And Detroit still has eight million in cap space. Yeah, that's honestly I'm glad you brought that up because I like the way this rebuild has been going for Detroit. I mean, they were atrociously bad a couple of years ago, and since then Steve Eiserman has stepped in and taken over, and he did this with Tampa as well, where he. He didn't try to speed run this rebuild. He didn't try to like, you know, let's hit the lottery or let's sign a couple of players. Let's, you know, at least make the first round kind of like how the Rangers did. They, they speed ran that rebuild, but ultimately it didn't get him too far. They're, he's kind of taking the Tampa route and kind of going low and slow and very uh, strategic, I guess you could say, um, in terms of picking players. And I think ultimately that's how you want to build not just a one and done championship team, but more a, a something sustainable, a dynasty, even possibly. Um, I just still think it's going to be a lot, a couple of years to get there, but it's definitely trending upwards, as you have said. Yeah. And this is not even counting their ELCs, right? They got Lucas Raymond still there. Um, they got Moritz Sider on an entry level contract still. And um, they drafted. I forgot who they drafted this year, but they had a high pick this year as well. Yeah. So um, they're looking good mix of youth. They got some good um, veteran presence. And now they're filling in this like mid-tier of players who are kind of going into their primes, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Debrink has 25. Larkin is 26. So you're looking at players who are going to be good for a long time and a future-proof roster. Yeah. I think the other thing to point out is um, Eisenman is really building this team from defense out or goalie out, I mm-hmm. should say. You know, you got Billy Huso there, who's like going to be a star. It's playing really well. Um, he brought in James Reimer to back him up. So that's just a backup role. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he also brought in Alex Lyon from Florida. Yes. So he does have some um, buffer there in case Billy Huso has some issues, but he has enough goalie depth to kind of get through that. And then he's kind of stacked up on defensemen. You know, I mentioned more at Cider. Yeah. Then he also brought in Justin Hall and Shane Gostespierre, who can play second or third pair. Yeah. So, um, and he has Ali Mata as well. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah. He has Ali Mata. Yeah. This is really good it's on the defense. a very balanced team. Yeah. yeah. And w- especially for teams that are trying to move tiers, like from wildcard to contender or from lottery to like wildcard teams. I love it when I see the defense is stronger than the offense. Yeah. Because it's easier to get your offense. Yeah. You know, in trades, signings, there's 
the most common position in the NHL is winger. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. The first out of the first 10 picks, I'm pretty sure what, what like eight of them were centers or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, offense is everywhere. It's, it's easier to find like a lot of offensive power than it is to find that defensive power. So I'm kind of glad, as you have mentioned, that Steve Eisenman's kind of flipping that on his head and building it out from the goalie, essentially, and then going to defense, then kind of f- filling out the offense with, you know, trades like this one. Yeah, this is like a really well-built team, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'll be excited to see what they do. I, I'm expecting them to be in the playoffs next year. Wild card? Yeah, I think they're fighting for a wild card. Maybe they sneak into that three division spot. Yeah. Um, what division are they in? They're in the Atlantic, right? Yes. Ooh, that might be tough, actually. I'll say wild card. Yeah. I don't think they'll make three <laughs> yeah, spots. I, I don't think Tampa's going away any anytime soon. And, yeah, you know, Toronto and, and Boston's still there. So, yeah. And don't discount the Panthers. Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll uh, see. <laughs> there's four teams. Yeah. I think they'll be in the fight for a wild card spot. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can also move on to not necessarily a trade, but a, uh, a two year extension for the Kings captain, Anze Kopitar. Uh, Seven million two year uh, extension. No trade allowed. Full no movement clause. Um, I don't know. I I I think it's a good deal, but I thought it was going to be longer. Um, I'm glad they didn't do longer. You, you I think, think so? this is a smart move from um, forward looking, right? Yeah. Kopitar's been there a long time, but with the acquisition of Pierre Luc Dubois, you are clearly moving to a one-two center punch of Philip Deneau and Pierre Luc Dubois, right? Neither one is Kopitar. Yes. Uh, yet I mm-hmm. should say they both have that potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms more, of what leadership skill in terms presence? of being that number one offensive and defensive center right like kopitar kind of did everything for that team these last few years right? right so i don't think either one of them can do both like mm-hmm. philip Deneau is known for being really really good defensively mm-hmm. pierre Luc dubois though he hasn't quite shown it yet can hit that next gear of like offensive productivity right mm-hmm. so i think with the two of them you can probably do kopitar's job yeah and then you have uh young guys like quentin byfield coming in so LA's really short up down the center. Yeah. The other thing I like about this is it gives you option to move Kopitar to the wing as he kind of slows down. Mm-hmm. So we see this with players, um, especially centers, as they kind of get older and start to not skate as well, they move into the wing and reduce their defensive responsibilities, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Joe Thornton did this. I um, think Pavelski in Dallas. Pavelski yeah. in Dallas, right? Yeah. So um, I could see Kopitar now playing on either Deneau or Dubois' wing. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of have this presence for two years while you transition to this new core Mm -hmm. i should say um i think that's a good way to put it of transitioning to the new core so it really is kind of just a a passing of the torch type of deal you think that's what i think um and i think the full the full no movement clause like supports that in Mm -hmm. the sense um you know i'm not a fan of no movement clauses yeah but this is someone who's been loyal to your team and it's only two years yeah i think you owe it to him to say hey if we want to um you know, want you to be here and mentor, mm-hmm. then uh, this is some protection we can give you. Right. right. We're not going to just dump you off at the deadline for someone. Yeah. Also, I, just to, sorry, just yeah. to point out that this extension is, um, one, it does not start this season, starts next season. It's also a pay cut. He was getting 10 mil mm. and now he's going down to seven. Yeah. I, cause I was thinking like in the case of, since I just brought him up, Joe Pavelski, he signed or he wanted a three-year deal. Uh, when he left San Jose, he wanted a three-year deal, and that's essentially why he left. Um, San Jose didn't want to give it to him. Uh, they thought, you know, it could be a liability. He signed another year after, or another deal after that three-year uh, contract. So clearly that was never a problem. But um, 
the difference between Andre Kopitar and Joe Pavelski is Joe Pavelski is still searching for his first cup, whereas yeah. Andre Kopitar is too, right? So I think it's a little bit different in that sense. I initially when when before we started recording, I was thinking maybe maybe like a three year deal or something, and then and then kind of taper off the um, taper off the what do you call it the the cap hit um, per per year, um, and then I I don't really mind the full no movement clause, but you know I I kind of understand. I think at, at this point how much he's done for the team in terms of leadership and just overall presence. And like the, he's won two the franchise, the only two cups they have. Um, this might be also a little bit of like a loyalty deal at this point. I think he's going to retire a King. Oh yeah. He's absolutely going to retire a King. Yeah. You know, um, Dustin Brown got his number retired like almost right away after he retired and yeah. Kopitar was on those teams with him. Right. Yeah. So I think that trio of Brown, Kopitar and Dowdy, whenever he retires, they're going to mean a lot to the LA Kings. These are their first cups too. Yeah. So um, he absolutely should retire a King and whatever they can do to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, also, you know, I know you were saying three years deal, but because it starts after next season, it's kind of three years from this point. Yeah. So maybe they just want him around for those three years because mm-hmm. he'll be okay. 38 by then. Shoot. Yeah, you're right. And then maybe just signs one years until he's done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know what his, uh, his threshold is, I guess you could say. Um, I don't know when, or wh- I guess it, there's not really a threshold. It's also when he decides to call it a career for himself. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know like what his plan is really. Is he trying to, do you think he's going to try to go for another cup either with LA or like, is he going to try to like, you know, have one last hurrah type of deal or I don't know. What do you think the plan is like, or is he going to try to write off that one, two deal with Dino and, uh, I think for these next three years, LA has to go for it, right? Would you not so count go, like go all in, go for it? Yeah. Would you not count LA as a cup contender right now? I just I think they can make it deep in the playoffs. I just don't know if they're a cup contender yet. I don't know why. I uh, I think they're they're looking like a cup contender to me, right? Like let's just look at the Pacific Division. Mm-hmm. The best team in the Pacific right now is Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, the reigning Golden Champs, right? Mm-hmm. Who's second? Edmonton or LA? Probably, well, I want to say Edmonton. Are you sure about that? I, I feel like it's Edmonton, isn't it? I mean, I, I, that might also be recency bias, given the playoffs. I, I don't know. I want to say Edmonton, especially with the... It's hard to, like, write off um, McDavid and Dreisaitl like that. Yeah, but as a full team... That's true. As <laughs> a full team, yeah. They don't you did, think LA... They did upgrade this offseason. I don't think Edmonton has. Yeah, Edmonton lost Yamamoto and Klim Costin. Yeah. Um, You're right. Yeah. Okay. I, LA got Dubois. On paper, LA is going to probably be better this year, at least in the standings. Yeah. LA got Dubois and Cam Talbot. Yeah. Like uh, Edmonton, neither one of these teams has like a standout goalie. Mm-hmm. Edmonton's hoping Stuart Skinner can figure it out. Yeah. Let me just look at Edmonton's cap friendly. Am I forgetting someone? Because right now for me, Edmont- uh, LA is the second best team in the Pacific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton added Connor Brown to replace some of that winger depth. Mm-hmm. But it's not Pierre-Luc Dubois. Yeah, not, yeah I was going to say. Okay, shoot. Wow. I mean, yeah, obviously not saying that Vegas isn't going to be unanimously first again. Um, but I don't know. LA does kind of have to go in all in for it. Um, would they? I, I don't know. The reason I, I feel like they're not just there yet is because I feel like they just need one more big signing. Maybe a certain Mr. Hellebuck. Oh, shoot. Has he been signed yet? 
Well, I mean, he signed with Winnipeg. He needs to be traded. Well, yeah. I mean, but he has like one year left on that deal, I thought. Yeah, he has one year left at six point one million. Mm-hmm. That's that's gonna be. Do they have cap for that at that point? That's a, that's because he's gonna ask for a pay raise. Yeah. So well, Edmonton has five point six in cap space. They could make it work. So you think? Oh, you think he's gonna go to Edmonton, or he's gonna go to the Pacific in general? Uh, there's a lot of teams that need a goalie right now. You want to do that conversation real quick? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. You're like uh, L.A. can use a goalie. Yeah. Um, Edmonton can use a goalie. Pittsburgh, well, Pittsburgh committed to Jari. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. So Pittsburgh could use a goalie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, roasting the man. No, uh, I was going to say Hellebuck, but I just pulled up LA's cap space. Uh-huh. LA's over the cap already by 700K, but still. Um, do they have any LTIRs? They don't right now. Yeah. So, yeah, Connor Hellebuck to LA isn't looking likely. But yeah, yeah I, I guess. Um, Getting sidetracked, any, but I, I think LA definitely has the opportunity to make a deep cup run. But for some reason, I'm just not fully convinced until I can get one more key signing. I don't know what that key signing is. I'm not a general manager. What position do you think they need a signing? Something in defense, because I don't think, I don't know. I, I, sure, Philip Genoa is a very defensive forward, and Anze Kobitar is like, you know, no stranger to that himself. But I just don't, as Dowdy ages too. Will it keep? Will he be able to keep up? You know, being that guy for for at least for the next few years. I, I I think after three years he'll definitely be closer to forty than he will be. You know, thirty at this point. Yeah, he is thirty three right now. Yeah, so thirty six. Yeah, he'll be closer to forty at that point. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, I'm mm-hmm. looking at their defense. They got to probably bring up some people from the minors. Yeah, just on their um cap friendly page uh kevin connaughton and jordan spence are listed under their ahl roster but i know i'm pretty sure they've both played um nhl time mm-hmm. so um should we trade eric carlson for the 2014 cup ring <laughs> <laughs> i don't think they'll take that trade <laughs> no they're pretty happy about that 3-0 yeah. that 3-0 lead ah uh, way to why, do, why up, do i always do this to myself yeah man? way to bring up old wounds <laughs> Anyways, Andre Kopitar, two-year deal, uh, seven million cap hit, pretty good deal. Uh, pretty good uh, passing the torch deal. Yeah. Uh, the other deal that out in the Pacific is with our San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they signed Philip Zadina, mm-hmm. who was on Detroit's roster. But uh, I think what's really interesting is this is like the ultimate bet on yourself deal from Zadina. Mm-hmm. So um, Zadina had two years left in Detroit. Uh, his contract was worth a total of four point five six million remaining. Uh, both sides agreed to a contract termination, yeah, which means he's not going to get paid that. Mm-hmm. He left four point five six million on the table yeah. in Detroit, um, and ended up signing with San Jose one point one million for one year. How much was he getting paid in Detroit? Uh, four point five six divided by two, oh. two point two five million a year. Wait, so they they decided his contract was going to be that just by slicing it in half? That wasn't just a no, that's the total value of his contract. So if he had played oh. out those two years... Oh, I see. So his cap hit would have been half of that Got because it. it was two years. Um, I don't know what the actual salary breakdown is. Got it. Okay. Um, but basically, Detroit told him he's going to be in the A. He's not gonna, probably not fitting with their NHL plans. Mm-hmm. So his options were to play in the AHL and get this $5 million for doing that. Or, $5 million in the AHL is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild, yeah. Or to take a chance at an NHL job with some other team yeah. and hope to get moved at the trade deadline. Yeah. This just looks like what he did. And that other team ended up being San Jose. Yeah. And I was reading an article right before this too. Like the, uh, the, 
the main the X factor, I guess you could say, is um David Quinn. Uh, the, he had apparently he had a good relationship and a good you know conversation with um with Philip Zadina, and you know I I do think it's a very it's a very good deal for both sides because it's both kind of a you know what the hell do we have to lose type of deal. Um, you know Philip Zadina's got something to prove to himself. San Jose is just trying to. I don't know. They're either trying to tank more or they're trying to make something of what they have right now. No idea what that is, but you know, both sides got something to prove and there's no risk at all in this deal. It's, you know, one year, it's not even, it's 1.5 million and he was drafted sixth overall. I do think there is upside for this. The only issue as, you know, as a buy sharks fan, what, what if he has a great year and, and then, you know, all these teams are suddenly looking at him. Um, and it's a one-year deal, you know, right? Like, he moves on. Like, do you think this should have been a two-year deal? Uh, no. Why? Philip Zadina, this past season, played 30 games for Detroit and only had seven points. Okay. This is a one-year, see-what-you-got type deal. Right, but it's only 1.1 cap hit, and it's not like we're over the cap or anything. Yeah, but this is a cycle through players and see what sticks type gotcha. for San Jose, right? What are we looking at for San Jose here, right? Like, what kind of timeline are we looking at? So, the gauge that I use for when will San Jose be starting to move up again mm-hmm. is the Vlasic contract. Yes, I so, agree. Uh, Vlasic is signed for another three seasons. Mm-hmm. So, that means in three years, you kind of want to start looking at being competitive, right? Mm-hmm. So, now, let's look at um, San Jose's forwards and who's signed on a one-year, meaning who are we, like, kind of trying out, right? So, or I should say, who has one year left? There is Kevin LeBanc, Anthony Duclair, Alex Barabanov, Oscar Lindblom, uh, Philip Zadina, and Jacob Pedersen. Mm-hmm. We're all signed uh, until the end of next season. Mm-hmm. Out of all of those, Philip Zadina is the youngest. Yeah. Tied with Jacob Pedersen. They're both 23. But Philip Zadina fits the timeline. Mm-hmm. If he works out well for San Jose and they keep him, he will be 26 in three years. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where you want to be. That's kind of where 26 to like 32 is when, the prime. Yeah. yeah. Prime for hockey athletes, right? Versus Kevin LeBanc is 27. Mm-hmm. Anthony Duclair, 27. Alex Barabanov, 29. These guys aren't going to be around mm-hmm. when San Jose is starting to get good again, right? Yeah. So this is why I like Zadina. My initial reaction was another one. We have so many of these guys. Yeah. Why are we doing this? Yeah. The rest of them are filler. Yeah. If Zadina turns out to be good and likes San Jose, he might want to stay. So theoretically, if he does well, do you think like this is end up going to turn be turning into his team? No. Um well actually I shouldn't say no. I don't know. Yeah. Like <laughs> I uh, mean Couture, because he's so young. That's that's yeah, the reason so I bring Couture it up. Couture and Hurdle aren't gonna be around, right? No. When the sharks are good again. No. They're there for the transition phase. Yeah. So now we're looking at is he gonna be like Will Smith, who we just drafted? Mm. Is he gonna be Philip Zadina? Uh, who is the next wave of leaders? I don't know. There's also Bordalo and Eklund and yeah, yeah. Mario Ferraro. Ferraro, yeah. You know, so I, I don't know. But yeah. um, this guy was a sixth overall pick. Yeah. And for 1.1 million one year? It's a no-brainer, yeah. No-brainer. Give yeah. him a shot. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how this goes. Um, I... He definitely had a lot of hype surrounding him. Uh, obviously, if you're in the top 10, there is you know, a certain amount of hype surrounding you. But the, the reason it is a little bit concerning is you know, he hasn't lived up to those expectations. But sometimes all it, all it takes is you know, 
a a change in scenery and mm-hmm. you know uh, again as i mentioned before this is a what the hell do does either side have to lose um yeah i i think it's a it, there's potential for a high roi but i just don't want to like jinx it you know what i mean yeah. i i i think i think this is just one of those let's wait let's wait it out and let's see how it goes type of deal yeah and do you think the sharks are going to be fun next year more fun than last year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all these guys I named, you're basically, it's basically tryouts all season, right? Yeah. We're just or who's like, going to stick around or who's going to get moved to a contender. Yeah. But this is going to be running gun offense, isn't this, it? This might be like an inflection point for uh, the rebuild, if you want to call it that. You yeah. Know, obviously, there's still with, with the Carlson and Carlson debacle and the Vlasic contract and stuff like that. There's still a ways to go. But, you know, I, I do think this is, the the worst of what we experienced might have been last season, especially if we have like you know, play like signings like this. Obviously, declare we got for, I don't, I don't know. I think we kind of low key fleeced Florida for that. Um, so I I think if we're getting these types of players who have potentially high ROIs for cheap deals, I think it's I think it's a win for for what we have right now. Since twenty twenty, I think this is the first year I can see Sharks players playing for something. Yeah. I felt like the team's just been coasting for three years. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, a lot of the team got like handed these huge contracts, no movement clauses. Yeah. And they, they didn't, had nothing to, yeah. Yeah. And they, play were, for. they were nowhere close to making the playoffs. Yeah. And they knew that like almost, what, a month into the season? Yeah. So it, there was no drive, right? Yeah. At least now some of these players have a drive for something, right? Yeah. To stick in the NHL, to get a long term deal, to get traded to a contender. Mm hmm. You're going to play for something. Play yeah. for something, right? Yeah. So that means we're going to see some passion on the ice, yeah. I hope. Yeah. And as we've seen with teams like like the 2018 Vegas squad or even Seattle last year, heart matters a lot. Yeah. A and lot. It when can, the Sharks are good again, they're yeah. going to remember these days. These are the days heart is built. Yeah, exactly. This is, in terms of like, when I say inflection point, I don't just mean, you know, okay, we're not going to suck as much anymore. I also mean the actual team identity is... Is this changing. Is you have yeah. to build it now. Yeah, it's changing now. Like the culture you want to establish in San Jose, you gotta you gotta do it now. And you know what I would love to see is I would love to see Couture and Hurdles ice time drop. Really? Yeah, because Why? I want to see these young guys play for something. So I'm not saying mm. like drop drastically, right? Yeah. But if you take all four lines and you split them evenly, 15 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. I'm great with that. I'm the reason I I say why to that is because what it, because these players, you know have something to prove. Wouldn't you think Couture and Hurdle like would help them out in terms of confidence and give them like the fillers they need, not the fillers they need, but you know, help them out on the ice where they need the assistance they need uh, to like, you know, thrive and be a better player for your organization. Yeah. I should say what I don't want is you to slap Couture and Hurdle on a line together with like Barabanov and just run that line for 30 minutes a night. Oh, the Connor McDavid method. Yeah, I don't want that because okay. they're your only veteran player and then you just let the rest of them pick up the scraps, right? Got it. Give them the opportunity. Mm-hmm. You're not playing for shit anyway. I mean, the thing is, yeah, Philip Zanina signed in San Jose because he had this great relationship with Quinn Hughes. Uh, not Quinn Hughes. David Quinn. <laughs> I hope it was Quinn Hughes. <laughs> with David Quinn. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I do think that's going to, like, not saying it's biased or anything. Obviously, if he doesn't do well, he doesn't do well. But, I do think that's going to help give them the opportunity to like at least have the opportunity to to break out and have this you know monster season potentially. Yeah, and not just uh, Zadina, right? I want to see that for Declare. Mm-hmm. I want to see if LeBanc's got anything left in him. Yeah, 
Uh, he's looking for a new contract this year, right? Yeah, and the past two years have not been good for Invisible. him. Invisible. Yeah. I honestly wasn't sure if he was still on the team or not. So Honestly, I, uh, I, the best case scenario there is he puts up a pretty good offensive season and we push Flip him off the deadline. Yeah, yeah, that'd be the best case scenario because I don't think he's re-signing here. Yeah, I, um, I don't think he should either. Yeah, so, I would, yeah, this is a chance to have some heart. Mm-hmm. Like And like you said, heart matters, right? Yeah. Does Vegas win the cup this year if they don't have that Misfits run in 2018? No, of course does, not. Does Tampa win if they don't have the 2015 and 2019 heartbreaks? No, no. You could argue the reason Chicago kept that dynasty around for so long is go look at the, the West Finals. Yeah. Chicago was always in it for some reason. Yeah. So they, that could have easily been uh, five cups in a row. Who knows? Yeah. Does Crosby become Crosby without that first like uh, loss to Detroit? Oh yeah, heartbreaking. And then it comes back next year, proves himself. That's a champion right yeah. there. Yeah. The days you struggle are what makes championship teams. Yeah. Dang. Dang. So <laughs> that's the one. We've had to struggle. Yeah. Now we got to see if it was worth it. Yeah. We got to start building, and no, it starts now. I wouldn't say just. I wouldn't you know say it's not just about is it worth it, but who wants to play for this team? I think it's one of those, you know, like it it can be easy to just, you know, we're not Toronto. We're not Tampa. We're not New York Rangers. Everyone wants to play for those teams. The two, two of them are original six teams. Tampa is obviously Tampa. They've done some stellar things in the past couple of years. We have nothing to prove, but that's how a team is built. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how Pittsburgh was on the verge of what? Getting sold to Kansas or something like that. Yeah. And then Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin saved that franchise. And now they have. One of the biggest bandwagon fan bases I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. All right. Pittsburgh catching strays. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, like this is how a team is built or this is how like a franchise, this is how a culture is built. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Absolutely agree. Yeah. And um, yeah, can't say it better than that. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else for today's episode, man? No, I, I think that's pretty much it. Uh you know, obviously, we'll keep a keep an eye out on the Eric Carlson signing and see see what else comes of it. Carlson uh, watch twenty twenty three. But um, you know, I I'm excited to see one the Sharks this year. I'm I'm excited to see the Pacific this year. I'm not gonna lie, the Pacific's actually gonna seem like competitive again. You know, yeah. the Ducks all, got Leo Carlson as well. So all of last year, we heard how the East was so much better than the West. We know, and then we know, <laughs> and then Pacific won the Cup though. So yeah, but that was. A lot of people wrote off Vegas, and I, I would say us too, to an extent. And then, you know, they, because once they, once they got Edmont, past Edmonton, everyone was like, oh, shoot, Vegas might actually win this whole thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm actually excited to see the Pacific this year. Oh, yeah. I think LA versus Edmonton is going to be a rivalry for a few more years. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see if Seattle has something, some, some dog in yeah, the fight. Yeah, we didn't even too. get to Seattle. Yeah. Seattle could uh, throw a wrench in the works. Yeah. Pick up Connor Hellebuck? Who knows? I don't know. Ooh, yeah. that's an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, Philip Grubauer, Martin Jones to Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, that would yeah that would be game changer for sure. All right, we'll keep it tuned here. Um, there'll be more signings throughout the off season, and as news slows down, uh, maybe we'll go on some other topics. Yes, talk sir. about some rants and what we love about the NHL, what we hate about the NHL, whatever we want to do. This is our show. Of we can do what we want. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Glass Seats. We're out every week. Uh, you can catch us on Apple, Spotify, and Google. We are also now on YouTube. At Spud Network Podcast is the handle. So keep it tuned. Keep it listening. And uh, we'll see you next episode. See ya. Peace.